get the ball. Gives it back. Now they have the numbers. Yatai. Give it, Natai. <laughs> give it. Fuck, I don't think he'd give it. And they were good enough. Animal. Everyone to couple deep, <coughs> even oh. though we're multiple deep. <laughs> couple we'll more get it started. Um, I've got my co-host here, the Knucklehead, aka Matt Moulds. Uh, How's it going, lads? It's a uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you. And uh, if we're on the top of a pig's, <laughs> Daniel Porkins, it's nice to be here with you, boy. Well, to be fair, it was a risky move bringing Knucklehead on for the first podcast because. Um, He's got a track record of uh, average chat, <laughs> but um, every now and then he's got a little gold nugget he spews out. So hopefully there's a couple around there. Hopefully there's a couple of nuggies. Um, but without further ado, fuck my man. It's it's a uh, somewhat ironic and iconic that the man that get, got me my first start for the Tunnies is here for my first podcast. And um, I've got a hell of a guest right here. My man's played for the Tunnies, of course, first and foremost, the Tunnies. We've got the Blues, we've got the Landers, we've got Sanix in Japan, captain the Sunwolves a couple of times, Ooh. currently in San Diego. California, but, um, baby. But uh, most of all, and I know, apart from the Tunnies, what makes him the most proudest is his uh, Māori All Black caps, following on from his grandfather, Albie Pryor, and... Also, his brother Carter's in there too. So, um, good to have you on, brother. Cheers, bro. Fuck. That was an unreal uh, intro. It was it nostalgic, actually? I was listening to that. Wow. Bro. Got the blood flowing again, to be, to be honest. <laughs> that's that's uh, bro. I worked a long time on this uh, <laughs> intro. Um, You're not known as a technical man, but you're looking bloody good behind those pedals, mate. Oh, I've put in work, brother. <laughs> a couple Any, of YouTubes deep. <laughs> multiple YouTubes deep. Anyway, bro. If I can, if we uh, go to something current, you're back on a wee break from San Diego. Yep. Um, you've done a little bit of time in South Africa there, getting those, um, working with the lads doing the, what is it? The Rhinos. Rhinos, yeah, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell nah. us about that. Oh, obviously in San Diego, we'll probably touch on that a bit later in the MLR, but nine months. But one of the boys there runs a um, sort of conservation team in, in South Africa that sort of goes around and, 
in Dehorns Rhinos before the poachers can get them. So he sort of he knew what my vibe was in terms of traveling and you know with animals and stuff. And he said, "Do you want to jump in on this team?" And um, shit, I mean, I had to jump at the opportunity. It was sort of just like he just flew us there. He had this crack team of uh, you know pilots and doctors and you know dudes shooting tranquilizing rhinos. He's like, "Got us up at four thirty. He's like, "Mate, just be ready." It's all on. So that was, a, that was an unreal experience. Obviously, just being in the wild and these animals are massive, man, and they and they charge. So it was cool. It was a cool experience for me for sure. Wow, that's dope, bro. Just on a wee side note here, just poured us a little shack life. Yeah. This is our homebrew we're working on at the moment. Should come out in the market at some time uh, in the future. Knucklehead, wrap your laughing gear around that. I absolutely will. It's one of the, uh, it's one of the top props. It's definitely um, more than homebrew, brother. This is a perfected. Uh, perfected rum, no, yeah. no, then uh, obviously Moldy will touch on a little bit more. Yeah, we'll get into that later. Um, cheers. Cheers, brothers. There's a monumental occasion for yeah. boys. Very monumental. Oh, good. Well done on your first podcast, oh, mate. Yeah. Smells, smells brothers. You've, you've, ch- you've chucked the bank at all this fancy equipment, I'm proud of you. Even sure. though that most of this is my rent money, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably owe you a few grand on contracts as well, the many, many contracts you've got. Yeah, yeah. This takes off, I'm taking 10 You can halve it well. by halving a bid. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, bro, let's go to, let's go to current San Diego. Uh, what's the footy like there? What, what's the go? What's the vibes? Yeah, man, um, I'm old. He was playing with me in San Diego this year in the MLR. Um, I tell a lot of people I'm obviously in the twilight of my career um so i just wanted to go to a place where i was where i was sort of happy in terms of lifestyle and san diego's um the one for me obviously he's got the beach and it's a bit of a vibe it's a cool place america but um the league's growing for sure americans are just they love rugby um they love the physicality they're still learning it but it's definitely going to take off for sure and it's um it's all it's almost almost to be a part of it as it's as, as it's growing you know you get do you got a few um Guys that have come from gridiron converting into footy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in other teams too, we, I think we had a couple, but um, they just got athletes. They're just athletes, eh, down yeah, to their 100%. core. Um, fast, explosive. But like, but like ourselves. Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> Plenty of twitch like, fibers yeah. going around, eh? <laughs> Mate, the amount of fast twitch fibers around this table is outstanding. You know. Mostly made, of, mostly made of bone, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's a lot of fast twitching bone, mate. Yeah, at least no one's pulling a muscle. On multiple know, levels. Just, yeah, just bone. But, oh. um, nah, they're, they're, but they're learning, you know, like they just don't know the little intricate parts of rugby like we do. We grew up with it, you know what I mean? So, yeah, But they'll get there, man. They're going to be dangerous. Obviously, they had a bit of a tough run, the American team this year, but yeah, give them 10 years. Did I, did I hear right they missed out in the World Cup? Mm. Yeah, it's true. It's a cock up. Yeah, that is a cock up for sure. Really, <laughs> but um, yeah, like, like I say, they'll they'll be there. You know, they just, they just got to learn the game, man. Yeah, no doubt. Do you got like um, any linemen that, that played in the the gridiron game as linemen? Obviously, now in rugby, they get to, get yeah. to grab the ball and have a run and shit. I did. Must be dope. Yeah, I did last year. This dude, um, Spice, he was a lineman college team. He was quite a good football player. But that's the thing. It's it's interesting because. Growing up their whole lives for football, they just do one job as a lineman, just block, you know, yeah. they only do one thing. And now he's getting the ball and he's running and he's tackling and he's like blows his mind a little bit. Eh? So it's <laughs> going gonna, gonna to catch on for all those sort of lo- like guys like that that come to football because they can do so many things in footy. So it's going to be interesting next couple of years, you know, in America for sure. Mm. Fuck, how does the bro run? Upright ass? Upright ass. Bang. He's a big man, but laterally he's, he's money. <laughs> Ah, fucking beauty. Yeah, um, um, 
just touching on your San Diego time, obviously, uh, you know, admitting to being in your twilight time of your uh, yeah. career. Um, Fine wine, almost. What else about San Diego was appealing to you? Like, obviously, uh, <laughs> California. You're a bit of a beach man yourself, so yeah, give yeah. us a bit of that. California. California girls, as, as Bruno Mars would say, <laughs> Mosey. Yeah, definitely, it's, it's um, scenic. And if you, if you can put it that way, yeah. on multiple levels. Um, but the thing for me, the biggest thing for me, being a, a music man, is just like um, the gigs there. Like, you know what it's like. Yeah. You know, Wednesday night, you're seeing Chris Stapleton live, and then Saturday, you're seeing the Red Hot Chilies. You know what I mean? So it's just coming from New Zealand, where big acts come once every couple of years. They yeah. just have them on, on tap over there, which is cool. Uh, that is nice, eh? Just a roll it down is for, nice, a, for a beautiful little concert. It is, mate. Yeah, you don't get to. Not, not yeah. a bad date idea, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Chris, <laughs> easy watch. Chris, Chris Stapleton's got the voice. And he, he certainly can belt it out for a date. So. Yeah, he does, yeah, for sure. Indeed. All right, but let's take, take it back. We'll go back in chronicle, chronological order. Oh, got it out. Yeah, you were worried about that word. That's, yeah. a, that's a big do for that, I was, man. I was slowly processing it in my lid <laughs> as I was saying it. But um, let's go back to where it all started. We'll go. We'll go back to high school first and foremost. Auckland grammar. Yeah. Uh, tell us about mm-hmm. your footy there and whatnot. Yeah, man. So I was born and raised in Auckland. Um, South Mason. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, Roscoe originally. <laughs> and then. Uh, you wish you could say he's from the hood, but he's not. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. Definitely <laughs> not. But um, yeah, most people think I'm. I grew up in Auckland, obviously, because of my career up here. But now, nah, born and raised in Auckland, and then went to Auckland Grammar High School, the production line. Some some call it. But uh, no, it was cool. I loved it there, man. It was um, it's a big rugby school. Um, just the standards and the and the level that that sort of they they instill in you is pretty is pretty awesome. And I was able to make first fifteen and stuff like that. And when what age did you make the first fifteen? I was um, fifth form, which is very very rare for a rugby player to make fifth form. Granted, I was it was my second attempt at fifth form. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You get a couple uh, wrong answers these days and you have to repeat it, yeah, so. Like my first podcast, I've got a prodigy <laughs> with us. Exactly. And I just True. like to go back and make sure I've done everything right, you know what I mean? So yeah, I'm yeah. clinical that way. But, so I'd say second year fifths, I mean sixth form if, you're, if you're being technical, but yeah. So now it was awesome, man. I managed to win a couple of championships with, with Auckland Grammar, so. Did, did you have any, do you have any other guys that are professional at the moment on your team? That come from my teams then. Yeah, the, uh, the actual team you're in. Yeah. So Winston Stanley was. Yeah, Quasi. Yeah, Quasi. Winston oh, Stanley was my captain. Um, Dave Thomas played played high level footy as well. Uh, I'm just trying to think off the top of my dome. Very that, knowledgeable. That, that's what I need, really. Ash Mooki, another. Oh yeah. Class okay. first five. Yeah. yeah. Beat Auckland with his right boot. Yeah, no, it's just a <laughs> name of a couple. Oh, Sitaliki Tamani. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, Waratahs and, and yeah. Australian, he's doing big things. But yeah, no, I had a few of them. Yeah, fuck me. Right, we'll move, we'll move on, go forward in the career. So you're a young fella, you're floating around the Auckland system. Um, yep. They've had a look at your legs and they've said, oh, this, this bloke's probably not going to go too much further <laughs> in the big smoke. Um, and you've got the call up from the Tunnies, so there's an injury cover. You've rolled up into the, up the north. Got that short lesbian haircut. 
the early days. <laughs> you know, um, they, they used to call them Pantene Priory. I know, yeah, nah. It's absolutely oh, shiny clean, lid. dog. I'm going to bring that back. Oh, that's a shiny lid. It was blooming. It was nice. It was well hairdressed. Yeah. yeah, well, his hair always looked some, dirty. I don't know like, who's Pantene, but. Some beautiful lesbians out there. <laughs> oh, there, there is. <laughs> a couple deeps for everyone, bro. <laughs> um, I'm going to brush through that for sure every, <laughs> every morning. No knots at all. <laughs> Tell me about when you first got up here. What was the intro yeah, like? It's a, it's a, I mean, it's a funny yarn, this one. So I was in the Auckland system. Um, I was in the sort of Auckland ITM team, and then we had a preseason game. I played that, and then they just decided that they wanted to go a different direction. So I played the club final the next week, and we lost to Ponsonby. So I was oh, wow. a young man and lost the final. So that was a Saturday. So we had a big Sunday session to obviously cap, cap off the... Um, the season for club and then honestly man I was in a state where I was just like I actually don't want to play footy no more I've been slogging away at Auckland um, obviously trained every morning with the Auckland team and didn't make it so I was a bit down in the down in the dumps as you are and then uh, Bryce Heem was playing for Northland at the time and then Northland just had heaps of loose injuries for the opening game they rang me up on the Monday and I was still hungover Really hung over, obviously, from the festivities. And then I was like, oh, do you want to come and fill in this week versus Taranaki? We've got a game on Thursday. Um, we'll pay you a 1000 bucks for the week's work. And I was just sort of like... Big dough back in those yeah, days. huge oh. day, mate. It's a couple of Bitcoin now. <laughs> but, um, nah, yeah, so I was just thought to myself, well, oh, I don't know if I'll play anymore, but I might as well just give this a crack. It's only a week and then I'll get a grand, you know what I mean? That was sort of my thinking. And then yeah, went up... Um, Flew into the team room on on Wednesday night, and you got the likes of Dave Howell, who's a legend, the uh, goat. Gus Collins, you got Bronson Murray, you got oh. Renee Ranger. So it's obviously alluded to my haircut at the time. So I walked in, none of them knew me. Walking into those dudes with big, like straight long hair, haircut, none of them say. So, no Rooster was probably yeah. turned on. <laughs> <laughs> There's absolutely no yeah, Knowing him now, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> when, when I walked in, man, it was, uh, it was it was pretty frightening, to be fair. I, I obviously knew all these dudes and they didn't, you know, take to me too fondly. But um, no, nah, yeah, and then sort of got the call up and I was starting that, that Thursday night, didn't know any moves, didn't know anyone on the team and sort of ended up just going really well. I think I was... Top tackle, I made like 27 tackles and a couple of line breaks, and they sort of. It's true if we must have been doing some defense. <laughs> you know what the tunnies <laughs> are like sometimes, dog. Boys are in the fucking front yeah. line in the and barracks. The boys are yeah. in the trenches, eh? Yeah. Yeah. But so, a turnover ball. But it just ended up, they were like, oh, okay, do you want to come back for the next week? You went well. And then it just sort of happened. I went well again, and then it went well again, and then sort of seven years later. Took that opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If, you, so, if we go back to when you're in the Auckland system, did they. Um, what was the communication from them? Were they like kind of dragging you along saying your time will come or? No, uh, sort did, of, man. They were just like back in those days, it was sort of like the sevens are just jacklers, you know? Yeah. yeah. It was a jackling game back then. And I was sort of, I mean, the player that I am now, I was the same. I was out on the width. I was sort of elusive. Yeah. All playing stone there. They just had no time for that. So, so I, was, I was lucky the rules changed later on in, the, later on in life. But yeah. Hard. Did you did you think the writing was on the wall, or did you make a decision like, look, I'm done, like, I need to look elsewhere? Or? With Auckland, yeah, with Hawks. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, after that, after they they booted me, and I was going through some other stuff, like I've been, you know, going away at club, and I thought I was playing pretty well, and I was just keeping knocked back, knocked back. You know what I mean? So, 
I was sort of like, um, I was there as in my last year uni or something. So I was like, I'm just going to go back to uni and, and chill for a bit. And then this call from Northland came up and I was like, in my head, I was just like, like honestly, I was just like, I'm just going to go play hard, get this grand. And then, Stack know, come, this grand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I was a baller. But I was like, you know, I'll just do this. And then, and then the next week came there, another grand. And I was sort of just like, see, but then as the, as the weeks went on, and I mean, you guys know what the Northland culture's like. I just, yeah. I loved it up here, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I just sort of flourished, which is, you know, good timing, I guess, or lucky or whatever you want to call it, but fell on my feet. Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, and talking about more of your time in the Tunnies, I, th- I feel like you eventually kind of went to a, you had a lot of respect within the coaches and the players. And um, for a personal level, I remember coming up, when I first come up, you were the kind of guy that got me my first start. Um, you know, um, I think Benny was injured and uh, I was flatting with you. you, you know, you opened up an opportunity to go flat with you and Fid. Shout out to Fid. Yep. Um, I always love you for that. And then uh, to go further, you had a word with the coaches to get me a first crack. What did you actually say to them? Do you remember? Or nah? Yeah. I was like, Benny's injured. This guy's injured. This guy's injured. We're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Fuck, we're <laughs> scraping. <laughs> you know what I mean? Aussie Bob from Maris. He's got one arm. He wasn't available. So. <laughs> they got the whiteboard out, eh? All these lines there. We put this kind of... Yeah, exactly. He's got about 30 yeah, metres on a place kit. Yeah. Ready for you, though. Yeah, he's deadly inside the 22. Yeah. And, um, he's reasonably durable. That's about all. <laughs> he's got a pitching wedge out of the exit zone as well. Yeah. <laughs> Fire straight up. Well, whatever you said, bro, got me my start. Nah, to be honest, bro, I said to them, I mean, Benny's Seymour, shout out to Benny Seymour, he's a good dude. Um, shout out Benny. He's an athlete and stuff, but he... Me I or mean, Benny? Yeah, nah, not you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not you. I mean, you were just like young then, not like you are now. But um, <laughs> nah, he was he was a good player, but you just had a lot of heart, you know what I mean? And um, it's you can't obviously, the old saying, you can't teach heart. And we were sort of going through the phase of a career, um, the season where we needed it. And I just sort of said to the coaches... I mean, you were performing anyway, I think, off the bench or in the preseason. I was like, when well, you yeah. give him a crack, he can tackle, he mans up. You know, he doesn't fall off and he, he runs the cutter pretty well. I mean, what have we got to lose? And they were like, probably distance and kicking. I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> 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 oh, bro. Old FIFA, fucking love you for that one, bro. Lucky and, it's um, improved, eh? That's why I owe you a few grand contracts. Yeah, that's it, bro. <laughs> But, um, You've got a big, big stack bully over here, right? <laughs> <laughs> You've got it all written down anyway. Uh, enough pissing in my pocket. Um, <laughs> that, that I just wanted to bring up the point. You've done a lot for the young young fellas coming up, and um, yeah. I know I'm not the only one that feel, feels it as well. Um, talked to a few of the boys, and you know you're um, you're a legendary around the camp of, of Northland to this day. And um, hopefully you're back at some stage. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> but. Um, the we, thing is, bro, where that came from is when I was when I was second year, fifth, say sixth form, <laughs> um, sort of playing my uh, for Auckland Grammar. There was a number eight. His name's Jimmy Putty, bro. I don't, know if he's, I don't know where he is now, but he was a legend. And he, I remember one of the games. He said, like, I was sort of performing too back then, and he was sort of like, "Do you wanna, do you wanna play this game?" Like before the game, it was a big game too. And I was like, I mean, yeah, man, I'll just come on whenever. I was on the bench all the time. They wouldn't give me a crack. He's like, bro, just be ready, like 20 minutes in. And I was like, I don't know what I was just, back then, that's unheard of. So What's Jimmy plotting here, eh? Yeah, and, I, and he was he was our best player. So I was like, you know, fuck, what's this dude going to do? And then sure enough, 20 minutes in, it's like, he just got sniped. 
<laughs> went down on the ground, bro, and then sort of just like they picked him up and I was running on. He just sort of winked at me. And then that was it. Yeah, I mean, I played well. But that, that sort of mentality, you know, for me, stuck with me for ages. And like if guys, I can see guys are not getting a shot that, that can perform. I mean, if you can get them on there, then get them on there. If they're not going to, you know, be a detriment to the team, then let them have a crack. So it's sort of my mentality. Yes, sir. So when you when you give a you vouch for a dude, you have to know in your in your head that he's ready. Yeah. That he's yeah. ready. You don't want to chuck a dude in nah. too early. No, no, so no. you wouldn't vouch for a cat just because you like it. No, 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 no way. I mean, I did the same for Cutter versus Hawks Bay. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, for the listeners, I mean, my brother was. I mean, I always say he's a way better player than me, but he was just riding the bench. Coach has been giving him a shot, and then sort of I just did the same thing that Jimmy did. I told him be ready. I sort of fake rolled my ankle. On he came, and I mean, his career speaks for itself. So yeah. uh, it's it's not the first time I've heard brothers doing that for each other. Actually, <laughs> I remember Quinton McDonald and Jesse down in Tassie. Yeah, Q did the same for him, and um, it's pretty wicked, you know. Yeah, it's just something like you say. If they're ready, and you know they're ready, and like. Cutter's just as good as me, if not better. So we weren't losing nothing, you know what I mean? In my mind, so oh. just bring them on. Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah. yeah, one bowl cut on for the other bowl cut. <laughs> two. <laughs> you can't have two bowl cuts on the same time, man. It's, it's <laughs> dangerous, though. Speaking of haircuts, yeah. Yeah. Do, you think, do you think your dreadlocks and shit has been big in your career? 100%. Like, 100%. Yeah, like yeah. These, these things kind of... Um, they yeah. have a big say in your career, or yeah, I reckon, anyway. For sure. I mean, I, I make no secret of it. I'm not, you know, like, I vouch myself as a good player, but, I mean, you get looked, you know, you, people see you. Yeah. Your dreads flying around and stuff like that. It's catch-22, though. If you if you fuck something up, you're seen. Yeah. If you do something good, you're yeah. seen. So it's it goes both ways. But um, definitely. I, I never got dreads for that reason, but it definitely helps. Yeah, I know Tommy. Tommy's, he said the same thing, Tommy Robinson. Yeah. yeah. Those ginger locks and um, being ginger or just having long locks. <laughs> well, he's got he's a, he's a double three gingers. Yeah, we are we a couple deep. Yeah, we don't oh. discriminate. Oh, if I look back, I wish I like got a bit of a blonde bowl cut myself. Like one of those ones that when you get hit, it shimmers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I probably would have went a lot further. But um, probably. I mean, <laughs> the amount you get run over. Surely, yeah. <laughs> if he ain't getting run over, bro, he's, he's trying to hit chins. Eh? Well, yeah, yeah exactly. if someone with a bowl cut runs at me, that thing's shimmery. Don't take a man on with bulk. <laughs> He's got demons. Uh, we'll keep moving forward. So, sure. so you have a good... You chuck the tunnies on your back in 214, 213 and 214 to mm. be fair. I remember our fucking end of year. Highlight reel, it's just you. It's meant to be a team <laughs> highlight reel, it's just you running around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old run from Knucklehead down the down the fat man's track. But um, So we go 214, you have a good season. Um, and the, the landers come... Yeah. They come along, they come knocking. Um, what was that like? That was almost a relief too, man. Like that sort of nobody knows, but this I was at another point in my career where I just actually the year before that I was with the Blues in 2012, just as a wider. Um, I sort of had a really good preseason with the Blues. Um, sort of, like, I think I was top try scorer by the end of the preseason, which doesn't say much, but it just says I was playing good footy, and then. Straight away, I think Jerome kind of got injured the first game. So they were going to bring a wider dude up to be in the full squad. You know, so all the, even all the boys are like, fuck, that's going to be you. And they ended up just bringing um, Steve Luatour up. And no discredit to him, obviously, he's the man. He's 
All yeah. Blacks and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But, <laughs> but he didn't play any of the preseason games, you know what I mean? So in my head, I was like, fuck. You know, I played all these games, I played well, and then I just, just to get shafted over. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty gutting to me. And then after the 2-14 season, or oh, 2-13, I had a good season too, and nothing nothing came calling. So yeah. Well, I, went, I actually went back to work after that. I was like, I'm done with... I'm done with rugby, super rugby. I went and worked at... Um, and you had a job. Yeah. It was yeah. a degree. Yeah. Oh, a degree, mate. Bachelor in advertising. <laughs> you got to keep hiding the dark and stooly. If you deep dig enough in the wheat yeah. pack, you'll find one of those yeah, ones. Mate, yeah, <laughs> They give them out to anyone, to be fair. Um, but I went and worked at an advertising agency, bro, and I was just sort of just done with footy. And then 2.14, I came back. I looked at that, that sort of nine months of working sort of made me realise I actually love footy. Bro, straight up, I feel like um, any any young footy players that want to, you know, do their thing in footy should go get a shitty job for like yeah. six months. Yeah. You sure. won't want to go back to that shit, you know. <laughs> yeah, you'll, exactly. you'll do anything once right. you get to footy, you know. You'll be like, I'll run whatever. You sort of think like this is hard and it's – but you've got – as a as an athlete, you've got an opportunity or a short window to – to do something, you know, if you're going to play footy, then you might as well have a good crack at if your heart's in it. So that's what happened. 214, I came back, had a good season, and um, yeah, the Landers came. Jamie Joseph called me. I remember I was in the Bay of Plenty, we we're about to play the Bay, yeah. And he called me, and yeah, I remember him going, Oh, we're going to offer you two years. And I'd just been hit back so many times, like, Oh, two years are wider, I'm not too keen. And he was like, No, 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 full ride. And I was like, Oh. Beauty. But obviously I had no intel on, on Dunedin. Bronson Murray was in our team at the time and he'd been there. And I said, I I had the Blues asking as well. It's sort of funny. Once the Landers called me and then the Blues called me and then the Chiefs called me, you know what I mean? So, oh, straight up. I can't even know that. It's funny how that works. What, what Was there any, um, how did that decision-making process go, was it? Pretty much came down to Bronny, to be fair. I um, I asked him what the Landers like. I'd been in the Blues before and I didn't, I didn't really enjoy I mean, I enjoyed it. It was mean. It just, it was just something out of the, not right in the environment at the time. That's when we were sort of struggling. I mean, I think we got last the 2012 season. But yeah. I sort of asked Bronny, you know, what was the landers like? And he's like, bro, you won't regret it. It's, this place is the mecca yeah. in terms of the culture and the boys. And I'd grown up in Auckland and I'd seen Auckland before. So I was sort of like, I'm keen to see something else. So, yeah, man, it was Bronny sort of, Bronson Murray steered me down there. Did you find um, the culture that you felt in Northland was, uh, you know, something you were looking for in terms of Super Rugby as well? Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, you guys know what the Northland culture is like. I mean, it's, it's I always say it as like I enjoy I enjoy going to to work when I'm playing for Northland. You know what I mean? Yeah. As you get older and you play for different teams, you realise it's it's rare. Yeah. It's not, you think you go to every team and it's like that, but it's, it becomes different. So, like, every time I was with Northland, I was actually enjoyed rolling in. So, the Landers was the same. Ben Smith and Nasimanu were the captains. They did a mean job. Of, yeah, I had uh, a lot of boys speaker, Nasimanu, yeah. highly. He is, I mean, no, he was big dog when I rolled in. Obviously, he's Nasimanu and he'd already done big, I think he was playing Super Rugby at 19 or something. So, he'd already <laughs> been playing for six years. But I remember the first training, after training, he was last in the shed just cleaning up the rubbish like yeah. all that sort of little stuff and he was the captain you know what I mean so I was just like man this dude's yeah, that, sort of set the tone uh, that little shit goes a long way yeah because um, at the end of the day 
any team that's got a doco on them, like the Landers, they made that doco about yeah. that team that you're in. I still haven't seen that doco too. No, nah, neither have I, but I can imagine it's, <laughs> I can imagine it's a beauty. There's a few weapons in that thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a few. I mean, I know some of the stories, obviously, I was, we were all in, won't be on the doco, but <laughs> <laughs> team building stuff. Yeah. But any, yeah, man, uh, no, Landers, was, I've, oh, that was one of the best decisions I ever made. Yeah, and it's hard as a, as a footy player when you got those sort of teams chasing you, and you got your hometown team, you know. So it's yeah, it's an interesting decision rolling the dice. But uh, I felt sometimes like, you come up good. Yeah, I feel like the Landers kind of suit you. Yeah, I don't I don't know why, but yeah, it felt that way. But um, one uh, going back to an iconic memory of the Landers um, when you got nominated for try of the year. You bursted. Oh, it was a good try. It was a good team try. Mm. And uh, the celebration, he's brought he's brought Cruden in into the celebration. Yeah. The, opposi- the opposition player had a, a celebration. I feel like that was the OG. I might be wrong, but I feel like it was the OG bringing the other team yeah, into yeah, your own yeah. celebration. Do you talk about that beforehand? Nah, Elliot Dixon just did it. And I've like I, when you say it's the OG, it might be, but he's also not that creative of a human. <laughs> He's quite Neanderthal-looking. God, God must have been touching his brain for a second. Yeah, I mean, sometimes <laughs> it happens, bro. But yeah, um, he just did it. But out of nothing, and I, if you watch the clip, I'm sort of like I'm not even. I don't even know what's going on until like the last second. But to be fair, man, um, Cruds was he was good about it. He just you know he was laughing and just jumped yeah, around yeah. with us. He embraced yeah. it. To be yeah, yeah, what yeah. can you do? Bro? Like, yeah, I know. A part of you'd be like, man, I want to sock this dude on site. But yeah. the second part is like, oh, I look like a dicky. Yeah, he was there, man. He's a good dude. Um, anyway, man, he was real good about it. Yeah, we got nominated for try there. You were my plus one for the. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then we're going to the awards night, eh? <laughs> we went to the awards night, and like obviously, it's like New Zealand rugby awards night. Yeah. So everyone's walking on the red carpet with their partner. <laughs> and I walked, bro, I walked down the red carpet with this dude. And, and you like, bought a stud. We take your photos with all these like photographers. Oh, what, a, what did you dress up like? <laughs> I had a, I had a bro, uh, I snapped my tendon and my bicep data. I had a cast on. I can't even remember like it. A, yeah, so I think they thought it was like a make a wish thing. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just brought this thing along with me. <laughs> Straight up, mate. I remember walking out there. <laughs> all the proceedings were on. Like people were talking right here. And we, I walked out for a slash. Walked down to the corridor, and I was like. All the tiny staff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the CEOs are on the piss in the yeah, corridor. Just on the bar. Yeah, I remember that too. That was a long time ago, though, guys. Not anymore. Yeah, yeah. We'll be front row seats nowadays. We've know. evolved. Yeah, very professional and evolved now. Yeah, let's talk about the, the championship win, though. Yeah. Because that was, I mean, I would say most bookies would have had, had you guys as underdogs. 100%. And, 100%. Um, and I probably, I reckon that's probably speaks a little bit about the culture you guys had, and yeah, and um, and what happened. So give us a give us a wee spiel about about that that winning time. The funny thing is, bro, we lost to the our last round robin game was versus the Canes, and we lost in Hawks Bay like forty four nil or something. <laughs> so we got pumped that game, man. And then um, yeah, we went to the obviously oh. went to the quarters. We're playing, we're playing the Chiefs in the quarters. I always remember this too because it was like in Dunedin playing the Chiefs and I was I was driving my ute to the to the ground and like the whole town was just pumping. Like the students are out. I remember dudes like jumping on the back of my tray. Yeah. Like everyone, the whole the whole um, city was banging. 
banging my truck and I remember getting in there and like the atmosphere was just nuts like nothing you could ever you know think about obviously with the zoo and it being an enclosed stadium and then yeah to be fair man like the culture we just we had awesome coaches and Jamie Joseph Tony Brown always had this amazing attacking game plan like nothing you'd ever seen I mean you guys have seen the behind the back kick Hard. stuff oh, yeah. that he yeah, and then were you down. there when he bought that? What was that? That training? What, what was the yarns there? Yeah. So did he just did he say, "Bro, I want you to turn around and smack this over your head"? So the last, so he knew. We were, so we played a game, two games before that, where um, Nuggy Aaron Smith would pass it to Lima, and Lima would turn his back on the defense and either hand it off to the second five or inside to the prop. Yeah. Yeah. So he. He did that deliberately two weeks before. Did it? We did it the last two games, knowing that we we're going to play the Canes in the third week. Whoever rushed defense, so he knew that the Canes would watch that. Hang on, you are telling me he plotted this three weeks out? Three weeks before, yeah. Yeah. And then we were playing the Canes. He was yeah, like, we're "Mastermind, gonna, yeah, we're going to do that wow. same move again. Let me, you're going to turn around, but instead of handing it off, you're going to kick it straight over your head because the Canes had a rushing defense. Yeah. And I was like, bro, this dude's, you know. So we had like. Brownie, obviously, you see what he's doing with the Japanese team. They're just, mm. Their moves yeah. and their creativity. But you boys team. obviously had a lot of faith in what he has done. Yeah, well, the execution of like that that play yeah. in that moment was yeah. like on point. Yeah. You know? And he, he knew. I mean, we had Lima and stuff. We had the players to do it too. He, he yeah. had, the thing about Brownie is he had full belief, which is what makes our, our team good. He had full belief in the boys and he always said, hey, boys, just pull the trigger. You know, he was never, he was never a coach that. Sort of, oh, don't do, you know, they say 50, yeah, 50, 50. Yeah. He's always just like, boys, we've done the training, pull the trigger. And that's yeah. what, like, sort of made us awesome. Apart from, obviously, what I love a lot of other stuff, but Brownie's confidence in the boys is unreal. Yeah. When he, when he said, kick, like, to Lima, kick it over, like, kick it behind you over your head, did the boy that you were cracking up at the yeah, start? Or you just, yeah. Were you just cracking, were you like, thought it was a joke or nah? He's well, like, he explained why, and then he was like, yeah, just kick it over your head. And then we were like, and he's like, bro, give me the ball. Like, no shit, the real story. He says, he's Nuggy, give me the ball. So we ran it live, and he was running at 10. Oh. Brownie turned around and nailed it straight, like perfect over his head. Of course he did. So he was like, just do it like that. And I was like, this dude's the bad, bro. <laughs> you know, so. I reckon you could have nailed that to Nucky. That's about the maximum of your length. Yeah. My hamstring would have snapped clean in <laughs> yeah. half. But going back to your point, Dunes, that's like the sort of. He instilled that confidence all the time. And like we obviously Super Rugby is a long competition. Yeah, and he'd yeah. come up with these game plans every week. And he's always just said, like, just do your job, boys. Yeah. And the boys did, you know. So it'd be, like it'd yeah. be refreshing as oh, well, yeah. like having, you know, all that new stuff coming in. Yeah, and yeah. not really like particular yeah. and also like explained well, you know. Hundred percent. Like he would take individual dudes, like I remember him taking me like the first couple of weeks and just gonna work on your offload. So he just walked down the field with me. Yeah, you know, like where some coaches are like sort of shy off doing 50-50s or the stuff that I'd throw in in Northland, which yeah. are 50-50s anyway. I remember you saying uh, one training you play a kind of touch, but you can only offload one-handed and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, little, yeah, he's bigger, man. He's yeah, he's a, well, ahead of his time then yeah. too. Obviously, some other coaches are catching up, but yeah, that sort of mentality. So we Barry Browning would come with his game plans, and then he'd train us accordingly, man, and, and it was coming off. So like. As it was coming off, we just kept believing and believing. And yeah, then, I guess if you if you call something a 50-50 and you train it all the time, then no, it ends up in a 70-30 or, you know. Yeah, yeah. 79.5, <laughs> gets going to 81.7. Yeah. But yeah. it was never like, even if it didn't come off, if everyone was running their right lines and everyone was doing their job, he was just like, 
that's just that's how life works yeah you you roll the dice and it was like it was refreshing too because none of the all the boys had the confidence in the world who we were playing we in our heads we're beating them yeah 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 because some of those some coaches they are like um they're good at installing confidence they're real good talkers and motivators but sometimes lack on the game plan side Mm. or the technical side yeah. Sounds like he's got it both. He's, he can do both. You know? yeah, yeah. He's a genius at both of them. Yeah, he is, man. And then you had Jamie Joseph who's like, you know, if, if something's slipping or the standards are slipping or he just, he's a scary dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got that in- intimidation factor yeah, so in there as well. it's a perfect storm with them two, man. So, and yeah. they're kind of still together now around there? Are they yeah, for Japan? that reason, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, why would you give that up? They come as the package deal, eh? Yeah, yeah for sure. Yin and yang. But yeah. 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 So like, when we're going into those finals, so obviously we beat the Chiefs. I dislocated my elbow that game, so I was I was gone. But I remember we were playing the Waratahs the next week, and this is like classic Brownie. We they had I think they had fourteen Warat uh, fourteen Wallabies in their starting lineup. So Izzy fell out the back, yeah. and then I can't remember the wingers. Or they were all Wallaby wingers. Yeah, good players, yeah. So the whole the whole season, no one was kicking it to them. Yeah, I remember Brownie walking in that week. He's like, boys. We're gonna kick this ball. We're gonna keep it in, and we were all thinking like, "Why are we doing that?" One of the best fullbacks in the game. Contest the ball or just keep it in. Both, both. Yeah, Depends yeah. who we were on the field, but yeah, yeah. Um, Layman's James. We we're just gonna kick it. So in our heads, we we're like, "What's this dude up to?" Because there's their counterattackers, yeah. seven to none. But in his mind, their forward pack was also all big boys. Yeah. So if we're just gonna kick it, if we could just kick it. To them, and they're going to run it. That means that their forward pack has to run shuttles almost yeah. for sixty minutes, yeah. and they're going to blow out. Yeah, I yeah. actually remember that game, and it felt like they were doing shuttles, and like you guys were just like tactically like connecting yeah. and just standing around the halfway, yeah, you know, right, not yeah. not like you know That's using your, all your energy. And they, all those big boys are doing the shuttles, and you guys were just yeah. like connected and just so waiting just, for them to all kick week. Them. We just and we just practiced our connection D yeah. and then we just ran up and they just ran it back obviously we tackled them they ran their plays and we turned it over we'll kick it again so those boys are running yeah, running, running, running and then obviously like Lucky like said 16 minutes in we just broke away yeah. wow crazy dog yeah, yeah. it's genius really um, and then the final obviously came round and I mean we just lost to the Canes we are playing them at home but, but again man we we had all the confidence that we were going to win and it was one of those games, you know what I mean? Like, it was so close. And I remember, I think it was like 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. I can't remember the exact time, but they put up a bomb and then Ben Smith went up and dropped it. And he never drops yeah. anything. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's like, you know, you get those little, like, feeling, oh, that's a sign. Yeah. And, you know, you're watching, like, fuck, you know, that's a sign, bro. So, yeah, it was a back and forth game. But, yeah, I'm stoked. <laughs> I can want Marty Banks, shout out to Marty Banks. Fine. Yeah. The legend. The legend, Marty. Shout out mm. to Marty for sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. What a man. So, yeah, uh, that was a good time. <laughs> uh, so, we, we go forward from the Landers. Um, Mouldy All Blacks come calling next? I was That was before, bro. So, I, I played the Mouldy All Blacks the year before the Landers. So, you're Mouldy All Blacks straight out of Tunnies? Yeah. Uh, tunnies produce some animals. That's it, man. That's it. So, yeah, now I got made by the old Mouldy All Blacks, which has always been the my granddad played more All Blacks, that, and he took me to all my games. So that's what we we're gonna. I was gonna say a couple deep were massive on family history, and yeah, um, sure. I think this one's a, um, a very special one and and a pretty, um, you know, rare. I guess it's happened now and then, but um, your your grandfather Albie is obviously a legend. 
And uh, from what I've heard, he played in a similar way to you and your brother. It's pretty, um, it's pretty outrageous. I actually uh, read up a little thing. He started at the Bop, at Bay of Plenty, mm. as a, um, a number eight and ended up in Auckland as a prop. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. This Auckland cafe has got him, right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Got him. The dumpling, yeah, the dumpling yeah. cafe. Yeah. yeah. He's from this little town called Teteco, which is in the Bay of Plenty Te- region. To Texas, they call it, eh? Texas is what yeah. they call it, yeah. So he's, yeah, that's where he's from. So he started there and then obviously played well enough for Auckland to catch his eye, along probably with a couple of pies and then off, yeah. you know, Prop he was, but no, he was Māori or black, but um, he took me to all our, me and my brother to all our games, and he was sort of like a, a legend around sort of the, the dudes at New Rugby, so growing up, you always just see dudes talking about him, or, so my, our, our whole sort of goal, my goal anyway, was to play for the Māori or black, so it was big for me. Bro, he would have been looking down with some pride. Yeah, for sure. Um, I remember your dad telling me a story about him when he, I think, when he first made the Māori or blacks might have been the Māori All Blacks, but um, about when he, he came into the team and he was at number eight, and I think number eight, and they said, um, he goes, oh, what's the call? That was a midfield scrum. And he said, oh, what's the call for right or left? And they said, um, the call is for a left is a fruit and um, for right is a colour. And he's like, oh, yeah, sweet. And he goes down and he reckons they called out orange. And he's like, straight, what, fruit or colour? Uh, he, he has rattled. He has rattled. The pros call out orange, eh? He's, he's at the back, like, oh, is it a fruit or a colour? Oh, man. I think they were just testing him, surely. Yeah, Who sold like, you this young old man? Your old man, Kev. Old man talks a lot of shit sometimes, but <laughs> Yeah, he must well, be running out of stories. Should have him on here then, really. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I don't doubt it, man. There's some stories like, you obviously know, it's just a classic. Bar, the bar yarns, or yeah. you know, when I was younger, there's heaps of yarns about him knocking out refs and shit like that. He was a, he was a bit of an animal, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. What, what age were you when um, he passed Rooster's soul? Man, what was it? I was an intermediate, I remember the day too, but uh, I might have been like 12, 11 or 12, old enough to know what was going yeah. on. So, you, you, you know, you, you know him and you, you felt his manner and all that, yeah. Well, I, I can still see the day, I remember the day that it all happened, you know what I mean? So, that's yeah. how. How impactful it was, I can, yeah. you know. So, yeah, I was old enough to know. Cuddle was a bit younger, but he, he still knew, but yeah. He was still, he cut it, remember too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was about eight or nine, but I mean, the legacy lives on. That it sort of drove us, drove, um, drove us a lot. Like I say, my, my goal was to make that team, you know, and to play well for the yeah. team. So, I feel, I feel like um, some of the boys that I've known that have made the New Zealand Moldies, like, I feel like they feel like some of them, if they went on to the All Blacks, their, their big, biggest achievement, what they're most proud of, is probably making the Maldives, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, the Maldives, there's, there's a race of warriors right there. Yeah, yeah. And um, sure. I think, like, um, obviously the ones I know, Sock and Morby and a few of them, I can see the pride when they um, yeah. when they talk about it and shit. And, um, that, you know, like, you can almost see back to their, their ancestors, you know? Yeah. The Maldives are a wicked race. Um, it is, man. It's a mean thing to be in, too, because you sort of get in there and it's just like they teach you all about you know Māori tanga and yeah I mean there's constant Māori language going around there's waiata all the time and so you're like you're just immersed in it and you sort of realise how far back obviously you know how far back your culture is but like how much passion how much money there is within the Māori race you know what I mean so it's like you're just learning as you go and then obviously the older fellas come in and yarn and it's it's a it's a mean team it's an awesome team for sure 
So no, I, I have no doubt that some of the boys, like for me, I hold that in my highest regard. Yeah. And I'm not saying that just because yeah. I didn't make the All Blacks, but you know, I was never good enough. But Shut I was up. my, <laughs> but my, my, um, my goal was to make that team for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty crazy, bro. Like you know, be real. Your grandfather made it, and then you and your brother made it. Mm. Skip the generation, old Kev, old Kev, Miss Kev, but it went down to the grandchildren. Too many left foot grubbers, you reckon, bro? <laughs> Kev could <laughs> have been the there. The sons can't beat him at golf, though. Nah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Dusty swings yeah, on There's still point. time, dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro. But yeah, no, nah, I was being mean, man. The, the only regret is I haven't played in the Jersey with Cutter. Yeah, yeah, so, I was thinking that too. Yeah, it was going to happen. And you, and then you I got two injured. were both like riding the mix at the same time. Yeah, so he made it, and I was, you know, I was there, and I blew my ACL. So um, he probably wouldn't have made it then. So <laughs> <laughs> nah, so I mean, hey, he ain't here to defend himself. Either. Yeah, exactly. Good followers, but hey, there's still time. Who knows? I mean, he's over in New York doing all sorts of skullduggery. Yeah. So next, where are we at? We go from. Highlanders, and then we shoot over to Japan. Uh, you went to Sanix, right? Yeah. Uh, did, did Jamie Joseph suss that out? Because he used to, he's from the area. Yeah, he sussed it out for me, eh? which um, was funny. It's always a dream, actually, because I was looking at going overseas anyway. And he was like, bro, this club Sanix, it's all you. It's like right on the water, surf all the time. <laughs> One foot. Kept, yeah, kept just saying surf, surf. And for me, I'm like, me, that's going to be my spot. I'm just going to go over there, play footy and surf, bro. Got over there. It's like the most rural town, like beautiful people, but it's like very rural, like no one speaks English. And then yeah. it's like, we we're right next to the beach, fair play to them, but man, the surf rolled in like once every fucking solar eclipse. <laughs> no A-frames, <laughs> Moldy. you got to go for A-frames, bro. Bailey's Beach, man. Yeah. It comes up with them every now and then. It's yeah, and it was sort of a, I mean, in Japan, you know, hockey, there's a, there's a big dog clubs and then the other ones. Yeah. There's a big gap, you know what I mean? So we were getting... We were getting pumped most weeks. So, yeah, it was it was an interesting time for me. Yeah, yeah. You um, said, um, but obviously it's a blessing to go over there and stuff, but you said you struggled a little bit over there. Like um, what what kind of bit of loneliness or? Oh, man, it's multiple things. Like the biggest thing, because I went over there and I was like, sort of I'm getting older, I played super rugby, I played multiple blacks, what I wanted to do. So, I mean... Being realistic with it, obviously you run on a couple deep, you go over to Japan sort of to play footy, but they pay better too. I mean, it's no secret why why boys roll over there. Yeah. And so I was just like, sweet, I'm going to earn a bit more money sort of before I, my body gives out and um, that'd be awesome, you know, I'll just play footy there and go on hold. But the thing I missed the most, man, was the intensity. It's funny what you miss. Because mm. I like, you know, you obviously come from Super Rugby and you're, playing the blues or the chiefs and you know you're rolling into the stadium and the crowd's bumping and everyone's you know fucking awesome so you've got to be on your game the intensity and like the the passion and stuff is crazy you know no no disrespect to the, the japanese league but it's not super regular sure. level, yeah. you know what i mean so i miss that that sort of intensity for one and then just the living like the the lifestyle just wasn't me i mean you guys know me i'm like surfing and and cruising around and all the sort of weird stuff i guess yeah, just okay. on just on top of that, like you're obviously a man who, um, you know, comes. You're a family man, um, in terms of the way you grew up, and um, and so looking at that, like, how did you make the most of the situation? Because you've always been a person to make the most of any situation as well. Yeah. And, um, what were the parts of Sanex that you you know you really stuck into and, and you loved? 
Yeah, so obviously, like, being away from family and stuff like that, you, you sort of gravitate towards the forest. You know, we are always having, like, foreigner barbecues. And then my first year was all good. I was taking in the Japanese culture. Hard. Yeah. Obviously, it's like a honeymoon phase when you're going out with a girl. Everything's sort of new and you're loving it. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy when you first get there. <laughs> Japan or the girl? <laughs> I was thinking of those vending machines when I first got there, bro. I was like looking at those vending machines, like shit. Some of them have got hot canned drinks in there. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, everything, all the lights. I was like, yeah. oh. it's just a different world, man. And obviously, honeymoon phase, you're just blown away by all of it. But then as you're there for longer, yeah. the second year, third year, you just you sort of realize it's just it like I explain to people all the time, it's like everything's always the same there. They're an awesome culture in terms of being nice, but like they're very robotic by nature. Like I could look at my window at 8am and tell you who's going to walk by. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just yeah, yeah. very, very dull for me. I've got, I've got a story to this day that still boils my piss a bit. <laughs> like this is the kind of like, like Japan's wicked, like it's a wicked culture and stuff, but there's a few things there. I was like, I had a um, little scooter and you know, you got to buy your car park. So I was in Tokyo and you got to buy is. a car park for 50... <laughs> It was like 50 bucks a week for one of the boys or something. Yeah. And they bought this car park and they were away. So there was a free car park and I had a little scooter and it was right beside my apartment. So I wanted to park my scooter there. So I did. And then um, next minute I get a phone call from the club. Someone's like rung the cops. And then I've rung the club and I get a phone call saying, oh, you got to move your scooter from the car park. Yeah. And I was like, hey, it's like my mate's car park. He said, all good, you stay there. Like you can chuck your scooter there. Tiny scooter. And um, they're like, no, nah, you got to move it. It's not your car park. And I was yeah. like, oh, like that, that kind of stuff kind of got to me a bit. With all the great things, that oh, I love my time there. But those little things started, they can niggle you a little bit. And um, yeah, I feel what you're saying. They do wear down on you, man. And it's just like, a, it's hard to explain to people, but it's just like, if there's structure for like the Japanese, not just the players, but for their culture to follow, like, you know, if they have a plan, they're like the greatest culture in the world of doing it. They'll just yeah. nail it out. But anything outside of the box, and they just sort of struggle, like what you're saying. Like I always explain, like if you go into a cafe there and they got like, you know, some like eggs on toast, but then another, a, another, me another meal is like avocado on toast. If you're like, oh, can I just put avocado on my eggs? And yeah. that just blows your mind. They're like, no, you can't do that. Oh, we are bastards. Yeah, it's like, no, you can't do it. You can't put, I was like, what do you mean? You've already got, I know you've got avos because it's on another meal. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. just chuck it on there and add like 50 cents. You're like, nah. <laughs> no chance. No chance. Order two meals, please. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so it's that sort of stuff, man, man. I mean, it's not a be on indoor, but it's just like, you know, it's just not, it wasn't, it wasn't for me. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. It's such an incredible culture, though, eh? Like, um, oh, yeah. I just, the, the pride they take and, and mm. even you could work for McDonald's or whatever over there and, that you know, that, that pride, they're proud to be in that company and they, they'll yeah. do, like, the best burgers or Still whatever, you know. The best McDonald's ever. Yeah. Like, their McDonald's oh. like a five-star restaurant. Like, it's unbelievable yeah. how nice that stuff is. I would tell people all the time, they're like, McDonald's like McDonald's, bro. So there's probably things we can learn off them and things oh, they can learn off us, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the discipline, like you say, is unbelievable. But out. the thinking outside the, the box when something's yeah. not structured is yeah. what they could learn from us. That's a sure. clean place too over there. Oh, bro, that's nuts. Yeah, very clean. You could lick the canvas knuckle. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> you probably would too. Not a few of them walking over. <laughs> <laughs> not one of those hooves. I wouldn't go near it. <laughs> those piggish hooves. Oh, man. Yeah. 
Well, we keep going in, in your Japan um, life. That we, we get we end up being in the Sunwolves, obviously the mm. the super team over in Japan. And I, I know you speak of um, some pretty fond memories there. Um, tell yeah. us about that. Yeah, man. So that was like my first year in Japan. I, I went over there after the Landers. I think it was two eighteen. And back then, the Japanese league was like seven games. Yeah. So I went over there, didn't do a preseason, played seven games, and then I was back for Christmas. And then Tony yeah. Brown messaged me because he was the coach at the time. He said, oh, do you want to double up and play Sunwolves? Got to start camp in like, you know, three weeks. I said, yeah, yeah. Clip the ticket. Yeah. Double up, you know what I mean? Yeah, Make the most it. of the rig while I can. That's definitely. Um, but yeah, man, awesome team. Um, everyone knows that the chat. Like, it's just a... Boys, I say boys tour, but it's, it's sort of doing it injustice because when someone hears about boys tour, it's just like it sounds like a pissing up thing. But it's like yeah. in terms of just it's just traveling all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're either playing yeah. in Japan, some of our home games in Singapore, which is six hours. You were, you were literally living at a hotel even in Japan, eh? Yeah, we're yeah. living in a hotel in Japan, yeah. The humble Ichihara. I've got an itchy one. <laughs> Bro, <if> nothing goes <laughs> on in Ichihara. <laughs> but now it was mean tea, man. Like the boys are awesome. We're, like... You know what it's like when you're travelling that much with the boys, you get close. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And Sunwolves was, was pretty full of foreigners as well. Yeah, we had a stacked team out the gate, to yeah. be fair, and then, like, the first game we had, like, nine injuries to all, like, Ranger was one of them, to our starting players, and then, yeah, it took, it took a bit of a shot, but we managed to get a couple of mean upsets, beat the Chiefs at home, beat yeah, the Waratahs at home, so, yeah, it was mean. Yeah, uh, I remember you telling me a couple of stories, because obviously it's all, all together all the time, um... What was you were in some kind of committee? It was in charge of the Wi-Fi, or uh, <laughs> I tell us that, yeah. So I was in charge. We had this thing called News of the Week, which was like every Monday. I'd just put a text out to the boys on the Sunday, like if you've got any yarns of the boys getting up to mischief or photos, you call them out on anything. Like send Scout it to me on Sunday night. Yeah, I'll put a little PowerPoint news presentation. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was like three, four weeks in of that, and we're obviously running out of material real fast. <laughs> I think. It's James Moore, who plays for the Japan team now. Jimmy. Jimmy. Um, he sort of said, bro, we'll do this thing where, because um, we're living in a hotel, we'll go to the hotel manager and get like a email sent to us, like with the emblem and everything. So it's legit. Yeah. Saying that the boys are running through the Wi-Fi too hard. <laughs> and we got, the, we got the rooms of who's running through the most and what they're watching. So bro, I remember I was like, all right, boys, news of the week. Um, but just before we start, just a bit of housekeeping, some serious stuff going on. Obviously, you don't want to um, fuck our sponsors up. So um, we've had some complaints from the other um, guests in the hotel that the Wi-Fi has been playing up. So the managers come to me um, with a list of um, – because when we stay here, we're over, the Wi-Fi is just out of gigs. So we've got a list here of the boys with their rooms and what they're watching. So if you've got something to say, um, obviously put your hand up now and tell me what you're watching. That's shared rooms too, aren't they? No, no, we had all separate. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> tell, you know, if you got, if you want to put your hand up and say it now, just tell me, tell me what you're watching, or I'm gonna read this list out. And no shit, I'll stand in front of all of them. They were all like white. Like, <laughs> we live in this place, Ichihara, which is understandably, like, yeah, it's rural as. <laughs> Obviously, the boys been on tour for a while, so I mean, you know what goes on. <laughs> shit, there ain't nothing going on, man. It was, man, it was funny. Just they all going white, and I was like, right, I'll read them out. And I was just making it up. I was like, wrong room, like four, three, one, and then like he was like, fuck. And I'll just make up some thing. I was like, oh, back to Patrol Five, 
um, HD. It's like a two-hour video, man. What's this? You know what I mean? <laughs> HD, <laughs> yeah. High def. HD wax their gigs down there. Yeah, you got to go high def. Oh, high yeah, def for problem. sure. 1080p. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, judging by the laughs, the boys know what that is. <laughs> oh. But yeah, man, that was great. It was a good gig. It was a very good gig. Oh, That's man. Cool. Some good quality Fuck you've had some cra- oh, We're not even Fully through the story And you've had some Crazy yarns Some yeah. crazy yeah, It's been a Beautiful career And we're not even To the end of the yarn Yeah for sure <laughs> ah, it's, it's dope to reflect on it um, So we move on Been at the sun You actually You were ca- captain Of the Sun Wolves In the end day Yeah I was So I suppose It was funny Because I wasn't even In the leadership group When I was in the team I was just sort of Just a, just a player And then We had like the leadership group, we had our two captains. I think it was Michael Little and Craig Miller. Mikey. Both, yeah, both yeah. awesome dudes. And then we had a whole leadership group, so they were all in there. And like four weeks in, I got called in to the leadership meeting at like 8.30, which is, I was like, bruh, what am I getting caught in here for? Like I've obviously done something. DP's, playing up. DP's normally asleep. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's, uh, it's way too late. It's way too late. I went too early, and then yeah, I obviously got caught in. And I was like, man, what? Was, in my head, I was like, what have I done? Because I'm getting caught into the leadership group at fucking Monday morning. Yeah. And then like I just walked in, and Brownie's like, obviously, um, both our captains are injured, so you're captain now. And I was like, beauty. Right, <laughs> I just sat down around the table and just like got on with it. But <laughs> now that I reflect on it, it's weird because all these other dudes in the leadership are obviously yeah. Really is, so yeah. I was just like. Yeah. Why didn't you nominate one of them? But I mean, it's all good. So I didn't mind it. Eh? Yeah, yeah. But it's pretty buzzy, like being captain for a for a team in Japan, like a pretty iconic team over there. Really. Yeah. I only only been going to some of those games. And that's when DP was at his most Ragnar look, though. Had the side yeah. shaved. Yeah, that's how he got that fucking captaincy. The the glory the days, bro. Some would say. I think they were. Um, I miss those days, they bro. They were envisioning Vikings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through, eh? <laughs> like, yeah. It was fun. The funniest thing about that stuff was like the um, the questions after the game from the reporters, like the Japanese reporters. You know, that's. It's like you say, like some of their questions is already like pre-written and they can't differ, <laughs> like differ from it. Like I remember we got pumped by like thirty or forty. I can't remember which team, but then like they're like, "Oh, prior son," and I'm like, "Yeah, what, you know." And they're like, "Oh, why didn't like thirty, whatever, what twenty-eighth minute? Why didn't you go for goal? You were only twenty meters out." I was like, "Sure, we're down by thirty, dog." You know Mind you, you'd have one of the best kickers. Oh, in the for game. sure. And I, if we were in. In Hayden Parker yeah. For in, yeah, Shout out Quasi. Yeah, Quasi If we were in contention for the game I'd shoot him all the, Like he's, the, he's a sharpshooter But I was like We're down by 40 And you want me to kick for three Like you know what I mean it's like, it's just, You know Where's this question come from Do the maths bro You know what I mean So, so I kick for the corner They're like Ah yeah Sweet I'd have to, Would you Speaking of Hayden Parker Probably the I'd rate him as probably One of the best goal kickers In the world oh, do you? Would you say that Oh, I'm only deadly inside the 22. If you were inside the 22 with Quasi, do you reckon you could beat him? <laughs> only inside the 22, yeah, I reckon yeah, we'd you go. You could beat would... him? Oh, I'd push him out to 30. Oh, well, I'm done. 30 meters. <laughs> 30 meters? Inside the 22, me and Quasi would go hammering tongs, but. Uh, but you would beat him? Nah, I don't even. I, don't, I think it would be just over, 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 yeah. over. All right, we're going to push this shit out to 30. Oh. He is deadly, man. Right. He is deadly. I mean, what was this? It was some record. He was like 40 straight or some stuff like that, wasn't yeah, it? He was missed a kick for like 10 years. Yeah, it was I unbelievable. Mean, it's easy f- as a captain. I mean, if you're, 
anywhere near the pace and you're in contention of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You almost don't even, you know, sometimes as a captain, you sort of point at the three and you get the team to like line up and chase it. With him, you almost just point at it and just walk back. <laughs> Start sit, walking. Sit yeah. for the kickoff. I remember watching and it was like, like half the time you get like the commentators curse. Yeah. And like, I remember like you're playing like the Waratahs and you're, he was kicking from the absolute sideline and there was like a hissing wind. Yeah. And they were like, there's no way he's getting this. There's absolutely no way. But he just sits it like 20 metres out to the right of the post and just swings on and they're like, no way. He's a special man. Just, yeah. He'd be one of your top, top teams, wouldn't he? Oh, for sure. He's right up in the top three. Big tackling team. He tackles too. <sighs> he bangs a man too. Loves, doesn't mind a brewski either. Indeed, yeah. Good boy. Out Good boy. doing the hard graft on the farm these days, eh? <laughs> shout, out tip, the, shout out to Quasi. Shout out to Quasi. You spoke a little bit about like how it's transferable from like rugby through to like in general business as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just around like the you know the leadership qualities that you've got to go through you know in rugby, but also um, like the mental fortitude. Yeah, you know that that the whole career has to deal with, and um, and like anywhere with mental fortitude in any job is probably going to prevail over a lot yeah, of yeah, yeah. hard. That's the biggest one. I mean, you guys know the biggest thing about any sport, I think, at the top level is the mental side. People just I think it's Silas who's physically gifted and that's why he's there. No, he's like mentally he's strong. You know, you have to be or else. Some of these blokes mean. aren't even physically gifted. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> three and of them, still yeah. in there. <laughs> Who's three of them? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. which one? There's two dudes <laughs> with chicken legs and one with a concave chest. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. but that's I mean I just try to explain it to people because like I say they only just see the Sky TV or the Instagram ah, sure. highlights and they don't know through the week that there's so much shit going Hard. on especially with these younger players I mean you've seen some like younger players in suicide in the NRL and like you know what yeah. I mean so it's yeah. like people gotta know like this, there's some prodigies coming through like 18 but they're not trained to like fuck it seems like he might, he might be in the all Blacks or Super Rugby at 18, all of a sudden there's 30,000 people watching him yeah. and there's fucking a million other people watching around the world and they're keyboard warriors. And they yeah. look, I mean, they're 18, they're going to look at shit. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, like, that's a whole other, there's an underlying level to it. Oh, but exactly, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it, you know. But um, exactly. at the same time, it's such a blessing and we're not taking oh, yeah. anything away from no, that. No, for sure. Yeah, Three of us, you know. It's, um, yeah. You know, you make brothers... You know, it'll be there to the casket drops, you know. It's um Yeah. It's like Brownie said, mate, best days of your life, really. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, yeah. they are. And like Tom Brady's finding out he probably pushed it one year too long. <laughs> That's it, bro. He lost his supermodel wife and you know. Sometimes That's you just gotta know when to tap out, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what I that's what I was going to ask you about now. No, the this story is a wife. Or? <laughs> <laughs> I know that's not happening. <laughs> oh, whoa. Uncle's laughing about it. <laughs> you cut your dreads off your face. Yeah, I know, man. <laughs> nah, actually, I reckon you could be a supermodel. You reckon? Some sort of model. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, 94 highlights for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's leading on to the next question, bro. Like, Oh. Like obviously you're in you're, I'm not saying you're in your twilight yeah. you've probably got a few years left whatever um, Matt is still going at 40 now. exactly he's our canary down the mine bro <laughs> you got you got about retiring I just go is Matt still playing yeah, yeah I'm good he represents hope yeah yeah <laughs> you got to realise he comes from a lot of pedigree you know <laughs> yeah. he's got the he's built like a Spartan 
No, he's one day off from blowing out that boy. That's <laughs> sure. He's one Macca's beat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm going to ask, how, how do you feel about that next phase of your life? Or what, what's, the, what's the feel there? Obviously, it's, it's pretty hard. Like, um, yeah. you know, right, footy is your identity. Everyone speaks about it. That's played professionally or even not professionally, you know, um, it becomes your identity and um, there's a bit of a crossroads once you once you end up mm. when that's all she wrote. How, how are you feeling about that part coming up? Uh, I'm not going to lie, it's pretty daunting, eh? Like um, you do one thing for your life, you get used to it all and like you say, it becomes your identity. But I mean, you almost just got to like accept it and I mean – if I'm telling the truth, this is the first time I said it on, I might as well do it on There's a couple deep exclusive. Yeah, exclusive. <laughs> That's one of the reasons why I cut my dreads is because, like, everyone knows yeah. me as Dan, the rugby player, yeah. Brotherhood. Yeah, 100%. That's one of the reasons why I cut it. That's because, deep. It's because, like, everyone knows me as that guy. And yeah. I, know, I sort of know that it's coming to an end and I've got to get used to not being that guy anymore. Wow. I've got to get rid of him, you know what I mean? If I want to move on, I've got to leave him behind. Yeah. You just blew my mind a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even know that. Yeah, nah, and I watched you, and I, I watched you cut them off. Yeah, yeah, it was tough for me. I mean, I, I had them for nine years, and and it was my identity. And like, wow. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I walk around now, and even back at Toll with the with the women's World Cup, like no one knows me anymore. And like, you, you just got to come to grips of like, that's just, and you, you've had your time, and everyone talks about windows and life you've i've had my time as that dude and now i just gotta i gotta put him to bed or else i can't move on you know what i mean so you're kind of you're kind of preparing yourself and training yourself for that time by cutting off your dreads or yeah i mean that's just the way i'm trying to do it and i'm thinking about other stuff obviously right. we've got shack life it's deep yeah uh, i mean it's exclusive dog yeah. time time waits for no man exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean but i knew that man like because every time i had my dreads I sort of like I walk out, I mean, around here and people know me as this dude, you know, mm. they know me. Yeah, 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 I feel you. And I just like, if you fall into that false sense of security, especially now that coming to an end, you're going to come to it and you're going to finish and you'll be like, okay, what am I going to do now? It's too late. So I just got to, I've got to start early, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I've got to get rid of that dude first and then figure out who I can be after this, in this next section. Because there's still a lot of life to live. Damn well, right. hopefully, dog. <laughs> yeah. Damn hopefully. Right. But yeah, I mean, that's the reason why I cut them, for sure. Wow. Fuck. Yeah. I've lost a lot of... Fuck, I'm just taking a second. lost a lot of love interest yeah. now there. <laughs> I'm just taking a second to process this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's the reason, man. And then, yeah. I mean, obviously got Shaq Life going here. Obviously, this podcast is debuting. Who knows? Who yeah, knows? well, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, um, yeah actually... Well, this is this Aussie is actually this Aussie. is actually something we skipped slightly because yeah. Um, let's just have a quick run back to Northland because obviously, like I know, like you live with Dan and um, and Fids in their first year <laughs> in Whangarei, but then ever since then, um, mm. you know, we lived out in, in Tūtukaka Coast and and this is sort of where it all starts. So. Uh, give us a wee rundown on, on the shack and um, yeah. and how that all started. So you you can tap in on this, obviously, as well, but we, I was, um, people that haven't heard Dan Hawkins' What a Lad podcast, but we all lived on the Tūrikaka coast, which is where we're doing this podcast right now. We're just a little, like, it was a shack. It was, we're actually above the original shack yeah, that, we are. that existed. Like, that's iconic. It was the big, first podcast is done is above the original shack, while drinking shack life. Yeah, how good. Crazy, yeah. 
It was a big shack. I mean, how many rooms? They had one big living room. The shower was in the living room. The kitchen was in the living room. So if you're having a shower, you're just looking at the boys watching. Or we were living in that room. We were living you had to be comfortable with each other. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then there was obviously two sort of attached rooms, but you could hear everything. Um, <laughs> oh. We used yeah. to... What do we do? We used to cook feeds on a brazier outside. We used to go out and collect driftwood from the from the river, bring it back in, yeah. light a fire, put the hot plate on, and just cook our feeds on there. You sound like a bunch of barbaric mongrels, <laughs> eh? But honestly, bro, I look it back at it. Like that. you know, that's the best time of my life. Yeah. I had such Straight a good time. On. Like there was no there's no Wi Fi here. Nah. There's no sky, there was no Netflix, there's nothing. You know, we came home from training. Someone will get the drift. Our shower was outside with an outdoor shower. There's still that dirty 5G floating around. But. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, for a couple of 1080s, 1080 uh, HD quality. <laughs> I think one of us could have one HD movie a week. We had Cutter's hard drive. That thing had dodgy shit on it. That's a lie. I don't forget about that hard drive. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, man, our shower was outside and it was just like a shack and we all just... I real, remember, bro, the best time. you'd walk up to the outside shower and there's this little... There's a puddle of um, Pantene right next to it and I was yeah. like, bro... Not being used, there. This, eh? this must be a prior's <laughs> house. <laughs> exactly, man. But that's where it all started and then, I mean, I'll let Moldy touch in on it, but will he go for this? But your granddad was brewing, eh? So, yeah, so... So like touching on um on where Shack Life Rum actually started, uh, my granddad was a big drinker. Um, the last he, one. Yeah, one of the biggest drinkers <laughs> on earth, really. Uh, he had drunk six crate bottles minimum a night, up to probably eleven. He'd never really smack a whole crate, but he got close. And um, gotta have goals, you know. Yeah, eventually he um he got Crohn's, so he couldn't drink beer anymore. And so we decided, fuck it, I'm just going to make rum and drink it in the same quantity. That's yeah. So these life challenges come up, eh? And you, just, you hit that challenge and you boom, you <laughs> just go the other way. Bro, you like keep for, going. for the listeners. Don't fold. All four of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, There's just, three here. Yeah. We've got to recruit one. How long yeah. ago, like, you just got to explain how like long yeah. this rum has been in, in the making? Yeah, so it was about... Tw- I'd say 20 years ago, he started making rum. So it's honed in. It's, it was like honed into his, it was almost in his nature that, you know, he made the rum and 4 p.m. every day was rum o'clock. And um, and his little brewery out there, out on the farm would um, would kick off and all the neighbours would come down and, and get stuck into it with him. And uh, he just, he was diligent around how he made it. And uh, he, he came up with a wee masterpiece. But I remember at a, a Mad Monday after a tunny season, uh, mm. it was probably one of those tough tunny seasons that we had. Um, I was like, boys, let's go have Mad Monday out at the brewery. And so we've all gone out there. We've had a hell of a do trying uh, some of his beers and, and the different rums that he'd made and, and all sorts of stuff. And um, the boys from the... Sh- the original shack were like, we should make a rum out of that. Mm. You know, some of that stuff was, uh, you know, was pretty special um, tasting. And uh, so we went back home, uh, took all the boys out uh, from the shack and we we came up with a pretty special uh, spiced rum with a cinnamon background and and uh, it's been pretty popular ever since. And uh, 
and I imagine soon in the future she's going to be uh, public knowledge and available for the boys to try too. So I look forward to that day because it's got a good history. It's a dark horse, yeah. It's gonna, it's just gonna pop up. But yeah. like, yeah, like you say, we sort of made the rum to what our lifestyle was in the shack. That's why it's called Shack Life. You know mm. what I mean? It's sort of like all the boys that were there. You know what I mean? Like we all had our input in it. And it's it's a nice rum, and we sort of I mean I remember talking about it, I was like how do we make this alcohol, but like how do we not get as hungover? Because that's yeah, the yeah. problem with rum mm. and cokes, you know what I mean? So we've made it to a style where you don't actually have to have that much coke in it. You can almost just have it on the rocks if you're that <laughs> way inclined, or you can just have a little bit of water. So I mean, it'll come out. Watch the space. Yeah. Sure, it's got a lot of it's got a lot of money behind it. How proud would proud would your granddad be right now? Us three getting a lick it off a bit of his his old. Shacky. Honestly, mate, he's... Uh, God, he'd be beaming with pride. Oh, yeah. He uh, he was a publican himself, and he, you know, he was a weapon in all in all sense of the word. Uh, chain smoke since he was nine, and he uh, <sighs> he loved the brew. And, uh, nine? And, uh, you know, and to see... He'd murder a fucking ciggy. To see one of his <laughs> his beverages that uh, that got created in his, his brewery, you know, yeah. carrying on for, for a lifetime, um, he'd be be pretty proud yeah. something he loved Jeez. go rest shout his out. soul bro shout out. shout out legend have we sipped that actually yeah john mcmurray yeah my boy john mcmurray john mcmurray legend all right boys this has been a dope first i've actually thoroughly enjoyed this first podcast it has been good and to have my two brothers on it it's mm. been um and on the shack where the shack was originally actually at even though there's a nice modern flash house on it now. Yeah, it's pretty much yeah. built Noah's Ark on here. If there's ever a flood, yeah. this thing will just float well, away. Which means we've got to take it on, you know. There's going to be a 2.0 somewhere. <laughs> That's it. Um, um, shout out to you, Hockey, for, uh, I mean, you've been talking about this podcast for a while. Yeah, hard out. Honestly, man, watching you run the um, technical side of stuff has been entertaining. <laughs> 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 you know, I never thought uh, I'd see the day where Hockey's running a whole lot of technical it's all uh, trial devices. And error, yeah, it's all trial and error. <laughs> the great thing about it is you can edit. Like if, if Knucklehead comes up with his classic average chat, <laughs> piss poor chat, I can edit it straight out. That's what I quite like about it. This will probably be three minutes long. This is probably gonna be yeah. three minutes long, but it's fucking delete the whole thing. Uh, delete hey, the whole bro, fucking thing. How you going? Pay for the landers. Cheers, everybody. That's <laughs> 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 Won the championship That's about it Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I oh, even talk about The championship party too Fuck oh, well, there, There's a lot A lot of avenues We could delve oh, down Bears Bender at Bender's Wasn't it There was, was it? one Yeah there was I mean Bender lives on the um, On the golf course But I remember We all ran Ran around there one day He's obviously got a wife Beautiful wife Katie and kids That don't want to be woken up But The boys We had to have one beer At Bender's Oh know? yeah too. Bender <laughs> It would almost be weird if you didn't. His nickname alone. Straight up the legend. Significance the championship. We, had, we went for six days straight, I remember. Saturday we won it, and then we went to like Friday. How many of the boys actually went six days straight? Most of them, though, to be fair. Yeah, well, that's, that's why it's such a great team. Yeah, most of them, yeah. We had our Mad Monday. We had the Monday, we had our parade, and then I remember Brownie messaging, you, messaging everyone saying there's a court session, be at this place at four. And then, I mean, I can't. Delge into the details of that court session, but there was hey. about five hours. Wasn't um, was, um, we never even asked. There's a lot, yeah. What goes on behind those, those walls is because uh, should stay there probably. Yeah. Wasn't um, Fumi Tanaki 
Yeah, f- yeah, the very Fumi. Wasn't his wife looking for him? I mean, what weekend? Every <laughs> 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 fucking weekend, he, his wife had messaged one of the boys, have you seen Fumi? I'd hate to know what you boys did to that trophy as well. Fumi's <laughs> pubes will be all over it. <laughs> <laughs> he had like, his pubes just released easy. <laughs> it's like, just I mean, plucked out I come reason. from a Pantene background for my, so my hair's like obviously nourished, but his just come off. Like a six hour slow cooked fucking. He was different, bro. He was. For he, a was good, he was good, man. He was the OG, like original. straight up. He was so small, like, but he was just so intelligent. The way he saw the game and then the way he was like, and you've been in Japan. Yeah. Japanese culture. And then there was Fumi, like, where did that thing come from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did that, how how did that, that progression? Yeah. It was almost like a evolved. Kiwi dude that was born in, in New Zealand. You know, yeah. he like drank piss. He took the piss out of everyone. Like, he just loved it. That's good stuff. Shout out to Fumi. I remember about a story about Fumi. We were in the Sunwolves and then Fumi was in the Japanese side. So about six weeks in, three dudes came from the Japanese side to play in our Sunwolves team. And obviously Monday I was on News of the Weeks. So I was like, okay, of course. News of the Weeks coming up. Obviously it's going to be amazing. Um, <laughs> but I was like, we've got three new players here joining the crew. So like, obviously, you know what it's like in footy. You get up yeah. and introduce yourself. So the two dudes get up and do a formal Japanese introduction like you know i play this i'm from this club did a bow is what i represent and then fumi jumps up and he's fumi up it's tanaka like he's a big dog in japan he's obviously yeah. super rugby he just gets up and goes everybody knows who i am <laughs> just fucking sits down <laughs> but i was like fuck he's the man he's a legend oh but yeah there's some characters oh but it's been a hell of a podcast. Yeah, first one. All Ooh. good. Is, Many as, more to come. Oh, as much as we'd all love to stay and chat. Exactly. Get a bit more right. shaky down us. Um, but ball. just to write us out, Brother DP, Ray Moldy, to all my close friends. And um, I just want to know you mean a lot to me, DP. And it's, it means a lot you're here for my first one and you, Moulds. Um, you've done a lot for me. Uh, like these, ins- like, I think early on, these insignificant things that people, you know, just by give, telling the coaches to give me a start, shit like that, the knock-on effect's pretty big, you know. Mm-hmm. I ended up staying in Northland for a long time. Bring up a hundred, surely, wouldn't you? Um, that's what I'm gunning for. See, this carcass hangs in there, but, you know, that knock-on effect even, beating mm-hmm. my bird, Caitlin, and then having my baby, like, it even goes that far, you know. Yeah, yeah. Having my boy Jai yeah. um, means a lot, and, you know, Things might have been different if you um, didn't vouch for me. So um, always Hello, love you bro. for that, my brother. Cheers, bro. Nah, I love it. And um, here's the couple deep. Here's the couple it, deep. Thanks for listening. Uh, subscribe. All that. Carry on. YouTube, and, uh, Spotify, all the Bless. all other media and, uh, platforms. And drink some Shack all Life. All those media platforms. Shack Life 2023. That's it. Coming in hot. Bless. Cheers, boys.